My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. All right, we're going to do this thing, Tom. Let's do this. Oh, Mel, another... Another glorious episode of Talking Tesla is about to drop on the people's heads. And uh, I see that there is a Twix bar in front of you. Tom, what's the story there? There is a Twix bar in front of me. Well, you uh, you asked me for some information, personal information, about one of our uh, our YouTube pages. Which was, I thought, impossible. I'm like, I'm going to ask a question of Tom to find a YouTube page that hasn't had anything on it for three or four years right. and a login. Yeah, and a login. And I don't know if you people are familiar with when YouTube changed to being owned by Google, uh, they changed the way that you have to log in and link to your account in very, very difficult ways. There are some pages out there, if you Google them, (laughs) that will help you to claim your old YouTube pages. But anyways, it worked. I found it. took about... Mm, I don't know, let's say two hours Jeez. of uh, of research into the computer and my brain and my thought processes and my firing synapses. And at the end of the day, I won a Twix. I got a Twix. I offered him not $1,000, no, not $500. That, w- oh, that would have been awesome. I offered him a Twix bar. I, t- oh, I could have got, I should have held out. Get a Twix bar. I could have got some better stuff. Well, let's get in the show time. Oh, you know, a couple of people it. have said that they love the banter, and a couple of people said, you know, why don't you just stop with the stupid banter and get to the news? They should get their own show. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> if you don't like stupid banter, you shouldn't be listening. You've listened. You've clicked on the wrong link, my friends. All yeah. right. Here we go. Uh, we're going to rapid fire this Thomas. Okay. Reliability versus happiness. Remember last time when we spoke? Yeah. We said the Consumer Reports had downgraded um, – the Model S from a definitely buy it to eh, maybe not because it's less than average in terms of reliability for expensive cars. But I just wanted to follow up because there was this uh, article that came out that said, and Elon tweeted the same thing, that if you ask a Tesla owner, what is your next car? 97% of Tesla owners say my next car is going to be a another Tesla, another Tesla, which is higher than any other luxury car maker. Right. By a long way. Right. That is a ridiculously high number, which basically tells Consumer Reports, why don't you guys off? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. They make it easy to have these minor issues fixed. I don't know if you realize this, but all cars have some minor issues. My RAV4s had some major issues. The new battery, if you remember that. Oh, and how could they forget <laughs> what's happening? Actually, let's do follow-up. So we oh. remember, back in time, yeah. Tom was getting an indicator in his RAV4 electric that he had 180 miles of charge, and then he would click on the uh, heater, and it would go to 90 miles of charge. Yeah, now it's back to normal, and my friend David helped me figure it out. So what it was was I got the new car back. Yes. It kind of reset its range estimator. So that little number is a range estimate, not, okay. not a real hard, solid number, although it's pretty accurate in my opinion. But then I was using, it had started to get a little chilly in Cali, yeah. and I was using the internal heater, which yes. 
is terrible, by the way. Terrible. It's the blowing of cold air. And and the use of that heater kind of screwed up the mathematics of that thing, and that's sort of what happened. And now it's worked itself out. And now it seems to have worked itself out. So now I have – I just charged at the studio before I came over here. So I have about 121 miles of range with no nothing on it because I'm – a grandmother type driver. That's pretty good. The 120 yeah, miles out of the road. Good. That's, yeah. that's excellent. We've had a lot of range issues driving to Lancaster. My wife had a, and a, she drove it. I told her not to. She took it out there. I said, there's not really a lot of chargers near that soccer thing. Yeah. There were not. Yeah. She got there, yeah. had to charge and, you know, went, ended up at a car dealership that their charger wasn't working properly. And so it took like a few hours and, you know, she started at like eight in the morning going out to the soccer game and didn't get back till like 10 at night because of this charging situation. So that's problematic. What's the moral of the story that your wife doesn't listen to you? <laughs> or the, moral, the infrastructure still isn't quite robust? It's that. I think it's still that. I think that the infrastructure is not quite robust. And I, here's what I think. And that's I, why you're here. Tom. And everybody, here's what I think. When, you're a developer and you're building something or you own some land that the public will use. You have to build ramps for ADA. You have to do all sorts of things to make it easier for other people. And I think all of those things are great. But why not make people put chargers in if you're building something? The new mall they just built around the corner, and I don't know that they made them. They put like six or seven charging stations in that mall. It's spectacular. Why doesn't everybody do that? I think it's a little thing called politics because I think – here's what I think, Tom, the same thing. I drive – you go through these uh, new housing complexes and I would say if I was king of the world, I'd make it mandatory that every single one of those houses in California – I'm talking about with lots of sun or in yeah. Arizona – every single one of those houses should have like a five-kilowatt solar system on it. It's like just part of buying a new house now. This right. is the way it's going to be. I'd legislate. I know big government. I don't know. Go to hell. And I'd do the same thing, that every new – Building every new mall and stuff should just have two forty volt chargers out there in a significant number of them. And that over time would mean huge amount of infrastructure. I'm with you, Tom. When right. I'm king of the world, I will uh, be very handsome because but then the last they all king have of the world was to... that guy on the front of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> they all have to decide on you know what charging standards to use, and then there's the adapter situation. You know, Tesla's. Yeah not really playing well with others with the supercharger situation. And we're sort of, you know, I was really disappointed. This is really going back in time. But when they first announced they're not going to use the standard charger that everybody else is using or even the Chatamo thing, I was like, Tesla, what are you doing? But he said then, and now I get it, they're not fast enough. I want to put in a charging system that's way faster. So he did, and I'm glad because I love it when I go on a and trip th- and I plug into a Tesla and it goes, Vroom! And you think that has anything to do with the size of that attachment? Uh, there's just a million different ways to to do it, and the safety and he and the supercharger is a DC to DC, and that's I guess it's more complicated. I think it's because he wanted to hide it underneath that little red lens thing, which is cool. Yeah, well, actually, they are talking about there is this discussion of with other car manufacturers to getting adapters to use the Tesla charger. Again, I'm against that as a Tesla because <laughs> I, I don't want you, you are. stupid BMW people. Yeah. And I, I want their everybody to have an electric car. Just wait until the supercharger network's really robust. It's interesting that we get to this point because it's, I've got a little article here from Yahoo Finance that says, what Tesla is trying to achieve requires other auto manufacturers to jump on board. And this is very important. I think it's really important for us to keep going back on this show and on the interwebs. And that is Elon's plan is to make electric cars ubiquitous. He wants to show the world that they're as faster, 
faster than your internal combustion engine. They require uh, less going to get fixed all the time, although, you know, he's got some issues there right <laughs> he's now. He's working on that one. That <laughs> um, they're just better and that he wants to see America and the West and the world being electric-driven. America? America. America? What did you say? I said America. <laughs> see, I've, I've lived here for a while, so I now say America. Did you? Never mind. <laughs> but this uh, editorial basically says that's cool and that's great, but there is no way in hell Tesla is going to do it on their own because just in the U.S. each year, just in the U.S., there's 15 million new cars produced. Tesla is not going to be able to get up to building no. 15 million new cars. So he needs BMW and we need the Chevy Bolt and we need uh, all of these electric cars and Ford. Everybody has to jump on board. Yeah. So he is leading the charge by trying to um, – scare the hell out of them to building electric cars, proof, but they have to do it. He's doing what I would refer to as proof of concept, right? Mm. If you build the right car with the right range and the right infrastructure, they will come, right? So the other automakers need to get on board with this. And we went on with our discussion, but to summarize, we're in this sort of intertestament period, as it were, that there is not the infrastructure for everybody to have an electric car. There's not the capacity to create an electric car for everybody. But we're sort of finding more and more of these uh, extended range hybrids, like this Chevy Volt, for example, where you have a gas backup to an electric, which gets you about 50 miles. And it's interesting for the Chevy Volt, um, the numbers are, you know, you get about 40 or 50 miles electric, and then you go to gas, that the average Chevy Volt driver, I read this two days ago, Drives about a thousand miles on a tank. On a tank. Yeah. So they are using lots and lots of electric and every now and then a little bit of gas. And that's, I agree with you. I think Ford needs to jump on board with that. And some of the difference with that, though, is that the Volt only uses the electric engine, right? And the, the gas charges. Yeah, it's a little different technology there. Yeah, then it charges a. Right. So a it's, generator. it's actually a generator. The gas is running a generator that's charging the battery yeah, it's as opposed to two sort of separate drivetrain situations. So there's different ways to do it, but I agree with you, Tom. And actually talking about Chevy, let's talk about the Bolt. The Bolt is, you know, one of these theoretically low cost around thirty, thirty-five thousand dollar all electric, two hundred mile range, and CES January next year it's supposed to be um Revealed again. It was yeah, like I got a revealed. Twitter. I got a Twitter and a little released, while ago. From... I guess goes wild. It goes on. Are they saying after CES 2016, it's going to be on sale? I think that's what it says. Saying? It's going to be the, the the tweet that I got from X World Three uh, says the Chevy Volt to be unveiled at CES in January. They quoted that from The Verge. So. It's a now we're playing a game of, of telephone here. <laughs> so the Verge said something, and then uh, Ex World Three tweeted it, tweeted it, tweeterized, and it. then I'm just talking about it, and you guys will get it a couple weeks later. You know what? That's good news. That's a good news flow right there. Right there. You're welcome. We'll find out more about it. Because I am interested in that. If they can really get a thirty thousand dollar, you know, two hundred mile range, it'll be really interesting to see how that. Because uh, they haven't announced specs on that yet, is that correct? Now, I think that's what they're getting at: is that it was a concept car, and now at CES they're going to go into the full details. All right, I want to talk about something else that's a bit uh, upsetting from Tesla. Ready? We love those guys. Okay, so the and it's really interesting because I misunderstood all this. So Tesla Ready is reporting that um, the Model X may not have a seventy-two amp charger on board. It will only have sort of the 48, I think it is, 48 amp charger. And what does that mean? Single charger, no dual charger option is no, what it, Yeah, exactly. Right? No dual charger option. So I had to go back and understand what that was. So standard on a Tesla is you have a supercharger. 
And I thought to it's get – It's not standard. Yeah. I think it's an – it was at one point an, an option, was it not? Like do you want Maybe. supercharging? I think it was. Maybe in the early days, but now it's standard. You, now it's, it's standard. If supercharging They're is both there. dual – all dual chargers. But no, no. See, this S's. is you, – you misunderstand it the same way as me. I thought that dual charging and supercharging were the same thing, and they're not. Fundamental misunderstanding on my part. So you have a standard charger on a Model S. Yeah. That'll give you about 26 miles of range per hour of charger. Mm -hmm. A dual charger is actually two of those in your car so that when you have a high amperage home charging AC Mm plug-in, you get about 60 miles. So that's what dual charging is about. It's about fast charging at home on a high amperage AC system. Supercharging is uses a totally different system. It's DC to DC. So a supercharger, when you plug in, goes from DC, plug it in, DC into the battery. Whereas at home, you're going AC, then it gets converted to DC to charge the batteries. So you have a single charge system. We can have a dual charge system in your car so you can do 60 miles. So this actually makes sense to me now that you explained it to, to me, right? Thank you. Because you have at home... You know this almost more than anyone because the car has such extended range and it can be plugged in for extended periods of time. You don't really need that super fast charging when right. you're at home, right? And it still has that supercharging capability when you're doing road trips. So I think in that case, the way you explained it, which was lovely, by the way. Thank you, Thomas. And I think you've probably opened up a lot of people's eyes to it, if you're right, which I'm assuming that you are. So right. That like that makes sense and maybe save Tesla a little bit of money on their $189 million Tesla X. Yeah, so the reason that some people are saying this might occur, and we don't know yet, it's still a bit confusing. I just explained to you why. But the other reason is that these dual charging systems, yeah, they break a lot. I guess they're fairly complicated. Mine broke. Oh, it did? Mine broke, and I didn't know it was broken, and I got this thing from my app saying, charging stopped, charging started, charging stopped, charging started. I'm like, what the hell's okay. going on? So I took it down to Tesla. Uh-huh. Actually, I didn't even do that. They just rang the car. They said, hey, Mel, Tesla, what's going on? They said, oh, it looks like your dual charge is broken, and that happens a lot. They're very complicated. Oh, interesting. So this guy said it's not just the cost of putting in a high amperage charger at home, right. which costs a lot more than a standard 240 mm-hmm. volt one, but it's the fact that they break a lot more often. And since, like you said, most people actually at home don't need to charge at 60 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour is fine because you plug it in at night and you've got 270 miles of range, Right. that maybe it won't come standard with the high amperage two charger and it might not come at all with that option. I don't think it is. As of the things that I read about it were that it wasn't even an option on the X. Interesting. Well, we'll see. X, anyway. We'll follow this closely. Uh, but you know what? A lot of these destination charger people, uh-huh. which is maybe where you would want to be able to charge a bit faster, like I come to uh, the Starbucks and you come to the Starbucks and another guy comes to Starbucks, having twice the speed of an 80-amp charger yeah. would be good. So in a business setting, it might be better to be faster. Yeah. And a lot of these... Destination charges are the 80 amp version. So if I plug my 80 amp into my X, I'm not going to get 60 miles an hour. I'm only going to get 30. So I have at my house yes. a 40 amp charger. Yes. And you have a Tesla charger and you have a 40 amp charger, right? Because your Leaf, yes. that charger is still hooked up. Yes. So is your... What is your amperage on your te- – is there – is your Tesla 80. charger an 80 amp? It's an 80 amp. So that's okay. why it's – and that's why you need dual chargers in the and are, Tesla to take that AC to DC. Conversion. And are all of those Tesla chargers for homes 80 amp capable? If 
Well, you can get the Tesla cute little charger, but you don't have to actually set up with 80 amps. Okay. I had to have an electrician come out and run some wires and upgrade some things, and it cost a lot of money. Yeah. And I'll be frank with you, I don't need it. I could have just gone with my old 40 amp charger uh-huh. because I really don't need it to charge yeah, at 60 miles adapter. an hour. Here's the summary. I'm going to go through the big summary. Ready? Yeah. For people who don't have Teslas, or even if you do, I think we've. Uh, Going over how fast you can charge on different power sources is really important. So if you stick my Model S into an electric, a normal electric outlet with the adapter, I can get about three or four miles per hour of charge. All right. So when I go visit some people and I stay overnight, I can get uh, you know forty miles of charge overnight. If you've got a single charger in your Tesla and you've got say a forty amp, uh, two hundred and forty volt charger that's mm-hmm. standard for most electric cars, get about thirty miles an hour. Now that depends. I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna interrupt you just for a second. That depends on whether it's hooked up to 30 amps or 40, 40 amps, amps. Because the one at work, I believe, is only on 30, 30, and the one at my house is on 40. And I definitely do get a little difference. a minor difference in you know probably 25 percent, as you would do the math on something exactly. like that. <laughs> so that's why I'm using these ballparks about yeah. 30 miles an hour, depending okay. on your exact amperage. Right. Then if you've got the dual charger in your Tesla. And you've got an 80 amp source mm-hmm. from the Tesla charger. Then you can get about 60 miles an hour, and then supercharging, you get about 270 miles. And then the standard EV chargers, again, the amperage on those is from 30, 40, it varies a bit. So mm-hmm. you get about 20, 30 miles. And the Chatamo, which is the high speed conglomerate we talked about a number of sessions ago, yeah. that doesn't include Tesla. It's actually another sort of DC solution, but again, as I said, it's not a Tesla one. It's a different conglomerate, and they also have differing amperages and differing rates. So they can be about as half as fast as a supercharger. So you can get about 80 miles in 30 minutes, but they have different versions, different amperages, so you can often get a lot less than that. Theoretical highest rate is somewhere around 160 miles of charge per hour, whereas you can do that in about 20 minutes, half an hour with a supercharger, but it's a pretty good deal, um, but you have to pay for it, right? So these are not free solutions. The Chatmos are not free. like. And there's no even adapter from the Chatmo to the Tesla, or is there? Yeah, there one? is. It's there about is a $450 clip-on because that Chatmo is a big old nasty thing, and then you have to put this adapter on, click, and then it goes into the Tesla. Good thing Tesla drivers are rich. Yeah. And I don't know, like how widespread is that Chatmo? All right, Tom. So since you asked, let's go back in time. So the Chatmo is this conglomerate of a number of different uh, manufacturers, Mitsubishi, Kia, Nissan, all these guys. It's a fast DC type of charging. It does about 60 amps. And in the United States, for example, in 2012, there were 350-ish charges, and now there's over 1,300 charges. So it's still not everywhere. It's not ubiquitous, but it is increasing rapidly. All right, so a Tesla drive unit failures is the next thing. Let's move on here. So the Tesla, you know, it's got an electric motor. And so this goes back to maybe the Consumer Reports thing that we just talked yes. about at the top of the show. Yeah, so it's about um, having to take your Tesla back for these minor repairs. So this happened to me a couple of – about a month or so ago. So I'm driving in the car and my son's sitting in the back seat and he goes, Dad, what's that noise? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I listen and there's this – as you're accelerating slowly, so from about 0 to 20, 30 miles an hour, you get this – now, when you really accelerate rapidly in a Tesla, you'll get a bit of um, electric uh, car noise, electric motor noise. But this was at low speeds and pretty high pitch, and it kept getting worse. So uh, I uh, thought to myself, that's not very good. Took it in. They fixed it in an in- instant. They washed the car. They brought me home. Great service. Fantastic. Nice. And I talked to the guy there, and he goes, yeah, it's uh, something that is a design fault in some of the Teslas. 
And this um, explanation, from again from Teslarati, said in some of the cases it's due to these little particles getting stuck in your motor and producing this high-frequency high, um, noise. The explanation was the tolerances inside the unit have led to metal particles getting into the fluid around the drive unit, and as the concentration of particles increased, it caused the noise from the drive unit to become louder and louder under load. The new drive units evidently have better tolerances. So they've fixed this issue. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there in test, talking Tesla land and you've noticed that you're getting a new noise that you didn't hear before from your uh, engine, from your electric is it an engine? It's not. It's from the electric, it's electric motor. drive motor. Then uh, just take it in, and there's usually a quick fix for that. So there you go. It's not one of those gremlins on the outside of your car. No, I was worried for a second there. Yeah. Tesla Model 3. Let's talk a little bit about the Tesla Model 3. Oh, um, let's talk a lot about it. Is there a picture? There is not a picture yet, and that is the point. But people have been asking, what's it going to look like? And first, the reports were... Elon was making it sound like we're basically going to take the S mm-hmm. and we're going to shrink it down by 20, 25%. Wild speculation. But now he said, no, 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 no. It's going to look really different than any other car. And part of the reason is because, and where is this from? Where is this report from? This is from Yahoo.com. Uh, Yahoo! <laughs> they tested. <laughs> wow. That's terrible. Apparently, um, engine is there have sort of leaked it. What... Elon wants to do with this car is get the drag coefficient down to 0. 0.2, which really is super, super efficient, more than any other car. What's the drag on the coefficient road. on the S? I think it's 0. 0.3. So it's 0.3. Down a lot. Now, you can do this, and a lot of these really super efficient electric cars do it, but they look funky. People don't like them. It means putting things like shades over the wheels to reduce drag there and yeah. to put really pointy noses and people look at those and like oh nice concept but i'm not driving that crap around right it doesn't look like what people want cars to look like like the i3 again i love the i, I know you shut do up. i know so anyway uh that's what he's been saying look we really want to get this super efficient and that means it's going to look very different uh, but the question is will the general public tolerate it and he certainly loves beautifully designed things so how is he going to mesh Beautiful design with super low drag coefficients. We don't know, but we know this. The, we've been told that the Model 3 prototype is going to be shown in the first quarter of next year. And and a minute later, I'll be on the list to buy one. Really? Look at you. I mean, I'm already on the list to buy an X. I'm not doing that. So what the hell <laughs> difference does it make? It's just a list. doesn't mean anything. It'll be exciting for us to talk about, basically. Yeah, I no. guess you know, it'll be $5,000 you give to Tesla, but right. over three years, you'll get no return. But it's kind of the same as putting in the bank right now, which right. is 0.01%. And I can talk about being on the list. <laughs> I'm on the list at Tesla. You know how cool I am with being on the list. We're going to keep moving here, Tom. We're going to talk about the Gigafactory. Gigafactory. Two couple of things I want to talk to you about the Gigafactory. Yeah. First of all, they've said... This is from Clean Technica that the Gigafactory is going to be carbon neutral. Now, that doesn't mean they say in this article that it will be 100% um, supplied by solar energy the whole time. They're actually going to be grid tied because they're going to have a huge amount of electricity needs, but they're going to have a huge solar panel array. And overall, their plan is in sort of over a 24-hour period that they will be carbon neutral. But in the middle of the night when the sun's not out, they're going to have to suck some energy back from the grid. So that's exciting. I wonder if they'll have like a big array of their batteries I'm attached sure to it they as well. Will have like, a giant array. The first 500 giant batteries will go straight back into the Gigafactory. Yeah, because I, and I think that would be an interesting, again, it's a proof of concept kind of thing. Can you run a giant manufacturing plant mostly on that? My guess is that they probably have this idea like, 
Yes, we have to be tied into the grid, but we're going to try as hard as we can to go solar and with these uh, with the batteries and try to see, can you run a gigafactory Factory. completely Completely. by the sun? That would be cool. Be Lots awesome. of proofs of concept. I'm yeah. very, very excited about it. Again, that's it's kind about, of what it's they're the, all about, right? Like, yeah, can't, proof of concept, can you do this? I'm going to get to something else in just a second, but in terms of the gigafactory again – um, they've already, and I think you reported on this uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah I reported on yeah, it. I'm Tom's, sure a, Tom's a reporter. <laughs> that the Gigafactory, the original plans were for a gigantic factory. Big. Not big enough. Hence the name Giga. And after they said, we're making batteries uh, for your house and batteries industrial strength, um, they've come back and said, um, since we sold out all of the potential ability of us to create those in 2016, the Gigafactory is now going to be way bigger than it was originally planned. Much bigger. Did they rename Way it? Bigger. Giga Magiga Factory. Giga Magiga because like they get to just make up words like Giga Factory and like that's, so cool. that's got to be at least Giga four Plus times factory. bigger than the Mega Factory, right? The Giga yeah. Factory yeah, is it's, way it's bigger. It's going to be a Penta. Penta, Penta Factory. Fact. Ooh, oh, I like that. Yeah, Penta that's Factory. Gonna be that's cool. pretty sweet. And I'm going to be winding up here, but here is a question. People have asked, can America really get to 100% renewables? And I found another article on Clean Technia. That goes through a number of different countries. Clean Technica. Clean Technica. Sorry, Tom. That's okay. I'm just trying to help out our brothers. Our brothers in the in, in, the, the, in the renewable universe. And uh, they go through some really interesting stuff. We'll have a link in the show notes. I don't want to go through it. But just places like Germany and Holland and other Scandinavian countries um, have gone from a few percent renewables to 20% renewables to in some cases 70% to nearly 100% renewable energy. And smart people – and uh, professors at universities going through this say, yeah, it's actually possible by 2030, which ain't that long away, that if we were aggressive about this, that the U.S. could really get to about 70 to 100% of its energy from renewables, which is right. freaking amazing. It's going to be a little expensive, but freaking amazing. It's right. possible. There's always, 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 always going to be a need for fossil fuels in certain things like those. I can't ever see a day when those giant mega mining dump trucks are electric. I just can't. Like, it seems n- not possible. They would take forever to I can't charge. even imagine them because they're so huge. They're just like <laughs> creatures from another planet. Right. So you might be right, but they're so big, there's got to be room but for it a doesn't, giant battery. But it, but it won't matter because that 5% of those yep. vehicles, who cares if everything else is coming from solar and wind and hydroelectric, you know, the other part of it is, right, the more efficient we can get with solar and wind, things that are generally, let's call them environmentally neutral for the most part. Mm-hmm. There are some issues with the giant arrays in the desert, raise some turtles. problems with turtles and lizards and geckos and who knows what else. So that's a concern and, and I'm not making light of it, but nowhere near as much damage as things like hydroelectric dams cause, right? right. So – and those aren't necessarily – those aren't clean. They have dual purposes in states like California because they allow us to have reservoirs to save our water, but it causes all kinds of problems. And China – Hydroelectric has like displaced millions of people, right? Because I love they- it when China does that. <laughs> We're going to take out 14 million people's homes. Right. Any questions? Thank right. you. Right. We're done here. Sorry, uh, uh, Utah, um, you guys might want to leave. We're going to flood it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you should just get anything that you need out of Utah before we do it. Oh, yeah. And it's happening on Thursday. <laughs> Well, they gave them some time, but still. But the, but my point is, again, like if we can get more to the clean renewables 
everything's going to be better. And in a world where we're even at 50 or 60% clean renewables, that's less emissions. Duh. We're certainly in this period uh, where the U.S. is trying to become energy independent. And so um, this is a very sort of pragmatic approach, which is, okay, we need to be energy independent. We can't be reliant on these unstable countries. So we have to right now dig up more oil and do more fracking. But that should not be the end game. This is the point. The end game should be, okay, if that's in a period we have to get through to be a bit more stable, that's fine. But start building the crap out of solar and other stuff because we can't dig all this stuff up and burn it. Even though it makes your uh, your chevrons and stuff very rich, that is not the way forward for the long right. term. And they're, and, and they're also trying to take some of the – some of the subsidies away from solar, which in the long run is a good idea, but in the short run, maybe now is not the best time for for that to happen. Although I feel like at some point you got to try to let these industries stand on their own and prove for themselves. So I'm kind of torn both yeah, ways. Yeah, but remember what we talk yeah. about every time that the oil and gas industry are getting subsidized. Right, up cut those out us. too. Right, do the Thank same. You. Like, don't if you're going to cut one, cut them both, and then let everybody be on a on an even uh, playing field. Tom, we've been talking so much crap. We we've have got to, not really we've got to end here. All right, you ready? Let's. We're going to end, end on a, a letter, and then you're going to do a, an Elon quote and a fun fact. Here's the letter. This is from Harold Spencer. Thank you for writing in, Harold. Yeah, Harold. I think uh, you guys are about 87% wrong with the autopilot. <laughs> That's pretty good for us, actually. <laughs> and it is a shame you haven't had the opportunity to try it out. I certainly support the dialing back a bit until knowledge of this sort of stuff expands. Anyway, in keeping with Tom's advice to let the uninitiated drive our Teslas, you are both welcome to come to the Bay Area and give our autopilot a whirl in my Model S. Thank you, Harold. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I recently drove 2,000 miles from Indiana to Oakland and used autopilot about 60% of the time, and it did a credible job. It would do a great job on the LA freeways too. So, uh, Harold, thank you for your comment. You're right. We are almost certainly 87% wrong because we're 87% wrong about But we said everything. we... Uh... But Don't you get mad at Harold? I'm he not gave us twenty mad at bucks. Harold, but we, I, I understand it. But we, you this is exactly it. what I said. I said we need to dial it back a little bit, and that's what Tesla said we need to dial it back. I was more right. No, than- I believe that when we first started, we said the whole thing is stupid and you should blow it up. Maybe, maybe we did. <laughs> I don't know. We're very reactionary yes, sometimes, and and also I'm not real remembery. <laughs> remember is that a word? It is a word. All right, so, Tom, give us an Elon quote. Gigafactory is a word. Remember is a word. Okay, so here's a here's another one of Elon's quotes from the list of 25 uh, provided by Time Magazine. I think this one's pretty good, and it was about him not taking time off. To spend time with his family and such. Okay. And the such. And the quote is, I did reasonably well from PayPal. Mm, Yeah. Thank you. Reasonably well. I was the largest shareholder in the company and we were acquired for about a billion and a half in stock and then the stock doubled. So yeah, I did reasonably well. But the idea of lying on a beach as my main thing just sounds like the worst. It sounds horrible to me. I would go bonkers. I would have to be on serious drugs. I'd be super duper bored. I like high intensity. And we love the fact that he likes high intensity. My ass would be on the beach. (laughs) Bye-bye. There you have it. And there's why Tom is not the owner of the multi-billion dollar company. That that is, in a nutshell, that is why, no. I mean, there are other reasons, but that is not. And, And actually, this week's fun fact comes from you, Mel. What is I your fun, fun fact? I have a fun fact. Look, we're talking about solar energy. We're talking about Teslas. We're talking about renewables. How long does it take those photons of light that the sun so nicely produced in the giant fusion reaction that is the sun? It is lovely. How long do they take? does that light take to get to the Earth? 
And light's pretty fast, right? It is the fastest thing in the universe. Right. But the how sun's really take? far away. It's right. So how long does it take? Hold on a second. Let me do some math. Do some math. What is it, Tom? I don't know. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to throw a guess. I'm going to throw a guess. I'm going to say six minutes. Damn, that's pretty good. Eight minutes. Boom! Every time I hear that, it freaks me out. It's like, but the sun's big and it's just there. Right. And light's really fast. It should be like, right. hip. So that day that the sun explodes, we won't know for eight minutes. Yeah. Right. Or will some some scientist looking through the like micros- the, the telescope, the sun telescope, will be like, He's a little closer. Yeah, he's like about a mile closer than you are. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> as he oh, comes out, you're on the other side of the world and you're dead too. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. His name is Tom Wilson. My name is Mel Herbert. This is Talking Tesla. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. I'm going to eat my Twix. Yeah, you should. And we should get the gas that comes from that and <laughs> renew it. Oh, boy. Bye-bye. Have you enjoyed the show? And we've been... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. I swear this happens every time. Just as we finish Talking Tesla and we get it edited together and we start to send it off to go get it mastered and all lovely, Elon Musk comes out with another tweet. Here is his tweet that just came out. And by the time you hear it, it'll have been a couple of days. Uh, We are looking for hardcore software engineers. No prior experience with cars required. Please include code sample or link to your work. And then straight after that, should mention that I will be interviewing people personally and autopilot reports directly to me. This is a super high priority. Oh, I think they're doubling down. They're going all in. We'll talk about it next time on Talking Tesla.